All right, creatures of the night, Alex Dorio here, one half of the Talking Taker podcast, welcoming you, our Pod Street crew, to another classic episode of Talking Taker that we are bringing back from the dead. We are resurrecting it from the archives, pushing it right here to the top of your podcast feed here, uh, just to you know bring out some of these classic episodes. We've got over 200 episodes of Talking Taker, and uh, in case you haven't heard them all, or in case you haven't heard them in a while, we want to remind you that our archives are available. They are completely free on all your podcasting services, and uh, we'd love for you to check them out and revisit some of these classic episodes or listen to them for the first time in case you never have before. So the reason that you're listening to this particular episode for the month of November, the reason we're bringing back this episode, it is episode number 33. Wow, all the way back from early 2018 is when Travis and I first recorded this episode. And it is covering a Coliseum home video completely dedicated to The Undertaker. That's right. You may have watched this video back in the day. It's called He Buries Them Alive. It was originally released on home video in, I believe, 1995. Uh, And then it was later again released on DVD. as like a budget DVD released by uh, WWE in the uh, mid-2000s as well. And, uh, you know, back when we first dropped this episode, it, it, we had to, like, find a bootleg copy of it on uh, Daily Motion or, or something like that because it was not available on the WWE Network. And the cool thing is, in the past four and a half years, it has been uploaded. You can find The Undertaker, He Buries Them Alive, the full edition of it on Peacock. So now you can watch it uh, in case you never have before, and then you can go back and listen to our analysis of these five Undertaker matches, some real classic mid-90s content, and that's why I wanted to bring it up here and and resurrect this one, because it ties into what we're going to be doing for our December episode of Talking Taker. A little bit of a preview of that here. On December 1st, we're going to be releasing our brand new podcast episode, Travis and I, where we look back at a couple of classic WWF Superstars episodes Uh, from way back in 1992, 30 years ago. And we're not just going to cover the Undertaker matches on there. We're going to do watch-alongs for two full episodes of 1992 WWF Superstars that you can find on Peacock. So plenty of fun stuff for Travis and I to talk about there. So be sure to tune in for that. Uh, Enjoy this classic throwback episode of Talking Taker to get you in the spirit. Uh, I think my personal highlight that I always remember from this episode is Travis and I's debate on uh, Ample versus Apple. Ample bottom versus Apple bottom. Uh, What's being said about Paul Bear, you decide when you listen back to it here. A couple of other quick notes before we get started. I want to make sure you listen to last month's episode, our November episode, or, or still this month's episode as you're listening to this now, as we covered The Undertaker going through the forbidden door of professional wrestling and fantasizing about who we'd like to see him face if he were to make a comeback in 2023 and wrestle some of the best that AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling have to offer. A very, very fun, unique, different fantasy episode. Got a lot of great feedback on it, so if you haven't listened to that, be sure to check it out. Make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel as well. Uh, Lots of great videos going up, figure unboxings, and other random Undertaker content going up on our YouTube channel that you're just not going to find here on the podcast feed. And finally, if you haven't seen it yet, 
You know, we talked about on uh, this past month's episode that Travis released a limited edition vinyl edition uh, collection of some of his favorite songs that he has recorded over the past couple years. Uh, sadly, Take Her Easy did not make the cut. Uh, maybe on his uh, second vinyl collection, it'll make the cut on there. But plenty of great music on there. And when we talked about it last month, uh, we said there was a possible slim chance that these might become available for sale to the general public. And that opportunity is now. You can pick up a uh, custom made-to-order vinyl record of Travis White's, uh, his collection of songs, his greatest hits from the past couple years by going to AmericanVinylCo.com. That's American vinylco.com and uh, we'll post the link here uh, in the show notes as well for you to find that in there to support Travis. Uh, you know, it's a little bit more expensive than maybe just a, a regular vinyl you might get at the store, but these are custom ordered. You know, uh, Travis is not signed to a major label or anything, so these are all, you know, uh, not having that financial support on there. So it's a little bit more expensive, but you're supporting an independent artist and supporting uh, one of your favorite podcast hosts out there. So this is really cool, but these are only available to order through the end of 2022 so if you want one you better jump on it now head to americanvinylco.com search for travis white over there and pick up a limited edition travis white vinyl okay enough from me uh now i'm going to take you to more of me and travis as we throw you back to 2018 travis and i with a classic edition back from the dead of talking taker covering he buries them alive Alright everybody, welcome to Talking Taker. What do we call it? Is this going uh, to be episode 33? 33. 33, <laughs> yep. let's call it that. Uh, a little bit different one, but uh, this is still our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. We appreciate you joining us for another round of Dead Man Talking. I am, as always, Alex Dorio, one half of the Creatures of the Night and your co-host here for this journey. Uh, a little bit off the track of our format of exploring every single Undertaker pay-per-view match and we can get his career in that fashion, but we're doing something a little bit different here. We're going to explain it. Uh, but before that, I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, Travis White. Travis, my man, are you ready to go back into the world of WWF home video? I am, man. I got my flux capacitor ready to go. I'm going back. Uh, let's see. We're in 1997 on the podcast. We're going to go back about three years to the end of 94, which is where this uh, VHS uh, takes place. Uh, I think it came out in 95, but yeah, all the matches we're going to review come from the, I guess, uh, last quarter of uh, 1994. So yeah, man. Do you have your uh, Blockbuster card out? <laughs> I do not. I uh, wish I did. I used to have my video to go card. Man, that was so much better than Blockbuster. Oh, absolutely. The local video store is always for, better. Yeah. yeah. Blockbuster died for a reason. They got too greedy. So um, but, uh, yeah, man. I, local I, video store is where it's at. How I many got, times did you rent? This video, uh, not very Ever? many on this one. I, I probably rented it once, but uh, it's not much here. But um, yeah, it, 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 we are covering 
something kind of fun here, a little diversion on our road to WrestleMania, as WrestleMania 34 is coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, we wanted to cover uh, WrestleMania 13 on the week of WrestleMania 34. thought that'd be fitting, so uh, just looking at our timeline, we decided to throw in a little bonus episode, if you will, uh, something a little fun, and uh, I'm sure Undertaker is, is very much a big, important topic of discussion right now anyway, so... We're going to go back into one of The Undertaker's exclusive WWF. Uh, I don't know if this is a Coliseum Home Video exclusive. It is. It is officially a Coliseum yeah. Home Video. Okay. Uh, this yep. one's called He Buries Them Alive. This is actually his second home video mm-hmm. that he had dedicated to him. Uh, earlier one was called His Gravest Matches from, I think, 1993. Uh, but this one came out, uh, as Travis mentioned, in 1995. And it was actually re-released on DVD. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I didn't. Two thousand three. Okay, there you go. Two thousand three. In fact, yeah, because I watched. Yeah, actually, it's your DVD that you watched a while ago and let me borrow. And um, I watched it the other day, and uh, it has previews for WrestleMania twenty. On oh, it. okay. So yeah, uh, it came out at the end of um, two thousand and three, yeah. I believe. So, yep. Well, we just thought it'd be cool. Like I said, I picked that one up from a used bookstore, uh, Second and Charles, a couple months ago and thought it'd be fun to review uh, when we wanted to fill in with with something different, something extra. And yeah, it's going to be a little diversion from the 1997 we've been covering, but uh, I think you guys won't mind. Actually, you guys voted for it. We asked you if we were to do a bonus episode, what you'd like for us to cover. And uh, this one came in on a close vote uh, against the Shotgun Saturday Night episode where Undertaker fought Triple H. Maybe we'll cover that one another day, another time. But for now, we're going to dive into He Buries Them Alive. And uh, before we talk about it, I just thought maybe we could talk a little bit about the video store, as we mentioned, going to the video store to rent wrestling videos. It's an experience that our younger fans will uh, not understand, will not have the same fondness for, but I know you and I both share a, a fondness for the video store. You mentioned the local one we grew up with, video to go uh, which had an incredible selection of wrestling videos. Uh, they really did. <laughs> I picked it was up, awesome. I picked up quite a few when they went out of business that I still got uh, in my parents' closet at, uh, in my old bedroom. But uh, I worked at a video store called Movie Gallery for a couple years, another one called Video Warehouse for about a year. Uh, just a lot of great memories, a lot of great times there. And, you know, this was our WWE network before it existed. You know, if you didn't see... If you didn't get enough wrestling between Monday Night Raw and Nitro and WCW Saturday Night, Thunder, Worldwide, Superstars, Action Zone, all that good stuff, you couldn't just pull up your WWE Network. I mean, that was something we dreamed about, fantasized about. Yeah, oh yeah. Instead, you would either have to go to the video store and, and rent an old wrestling video that you probably already watched half a dozen times or if you were really lucky and had saved up a lot of money, maybe, just maybe, you could buy a wrestling video for, you know, $20, $30, $40 back in the day. You know, these VHSs were expensive, man. You couldn't get these so bargain bin things. Uh, so you had to get your wrestling fix that way. And, I mean, we've talked about this before. I don't think either one of us would have probably graduated college if the WWE Network had existed back then. Just to have that sort of content at your fingertips for that cheaper price. It's just mind-blowing. 
I wouldn't have studied a lick in college. Uh, we'd have, I'd have, I wouldn't be married right now. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have met my wife or anything. Would have had no time for anything. Would have no children. So yeah, it would have been consumed me, unfortunately. So yeah, it's a good thing it came along when it did when I was already an adult. Because yeah, man, renting videos is awesome. I remember. I mean, of course, they came out months later than sure. uh, the show, so you already knew the results if you had magazines or if you'd watching raw and stuff but it was something to be said about going back and watching that pay-per-view because they would show you little still clips on monday night raw or nitro but um to actually see the whole match you had to go rent that and i remember our like i said our local video store had a great selection and i remember you know coming in kind of as a kind of being reintroduced and becoming a fan again in 1997 and just jumping head first there was so much because um, last I saw, Sting had blonde hair and electric faceplant on his face, and now he was wearing black and white and coming down from the rafters. So I had a bunch of years to fill in, and I would go see that. And I remember Undertaker, and like I always thought of him as a grave digger type guy, and he was a dead man. And about '97, he was wearing a pirate outfit and actually wrestling and stuff. So I had some years and gaps to fill in there. So it was really fun for me to go back and kind of binge watch on those things. And I think you could rent. Like five for five nights for five dollars or something, couldn't you? Yeah, that was the video to go special. Five five movies, five nights, five days, or five bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I took advantage of that many times. And I'm sure you and I probably spent weekends renting those and watching them together and stuff. So it was just, yeah, good times, man. But to bring it back to this episode, I'd never seen this one. Uh, I didn't watch it until you let me borrow it from you. Um, glad you did. It's uh, well, it's something. We'll get into it. Um, it is something. It's not. Yeah. It's not one of the better home videos. It's only an hour, and this was uh, in the time where they were kind of changing up the those video models. It used to be, and it's really cool that they've started adding some of these to the WWE Network now. I've been craving them for for four yeah. years for them to add these old Coliseum videos because I have such a nostalgia point for renting them as a kid growing up because. Not only was it um, additional wrestling, but they were always filled with uh, feature matches. You know, there were no yeah. jobber matches, no squash matches on these Coliseum videos. It was right. two hours of usually <clears throat> stuff that had was taped exclusively for those videos, and it was guys wrestling each other that didn't always wrestle each other. You know, on yeah. on, on TV nowadays you always see all the guys wrestle each other and you've seen every combination of yeah. matches a million times. But back then you could see a typhoon versus hacksaw Jim Duggan match. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I've never seen these guys yeah. wrestle before. <laughs> and they're going to have a 12 minute match that ends in a double count out, but I don't care. Cause it's cool. Cause I've never seen these guys fight each other before. Exactly. Something like that. Or, you know, we all think of the first ladder matches, Razor and Sean, but there was a Coliseum exclusive that was, uh, Brett, and Sean, and it was just a house show. It was a, the very first uh, official WWF ladder match, and it goes unrecognized. And Bret Hart still has heat, or still is angry about it because he he started it. He says, but anyway, um, yeah, I remember watching that one on a Coliseum Home Videos. Good stuff. And in fact, on this video, we're going to talk about there's a Coliseum Home Video our exclusive. That's a coffin match, or excuse me, yeah, casket match, yeah, casket match. We'll get into. So yeah. Cool stuff. Very cool stuff. And uh, if you've never seen this one before, uh, we have posted it on our social media. Uh, there is somebody has uploaded it onto Daily Motion, so you can go back and watch it. It's not on the WWE Network. 
Although you can find some of these matches on the WWE Network. I think you can find three of them at least uh, of the five on there. But uh, the other two you can find on YouTube or Daily Motion, or you can watch the whole presentation on there uh, in case you haven't done that already if you want to follow along but we're going to jump into it so yeah as you mentioned this came out in 1995 but it's going to cover five feature matches from the undertaker from 1994 and this starts off really <laughs> you can tell that the budget has gone down quite a bit with these opening graphics yeah <laughs> this is the cheapest looking thing i've ever seen on a wwf production i think uh, this yeah. terrible tombstone graphic that comes it up. looks it looks like something we made in like remember in like 96 we had to design a website in tech lab that's yes. what it looks like that is what it looks like things. like i made this something as good as this and put it on my website back in middle school so yeah, it just it's a headstone basically, and it'll say Undertaker versus whomever the opponent is. But uh, yeah, it's it's really cheesy. Production is really low. Our host is the million dollar med te- mil- excuse me million dollar man Ted DiBiase, who has a connection to the Undertaker because of course, as we've covered here on Talking Taker, he's the one responsible for bringing in the Undertaker into the World Wrestling Federation. And he brings that up in his intro, but. This is so weird to me, too, because why is Ted DiBiase, the guy who's been feuding with The Undertaker (laughs) through 94 and 95, why is he hosting this tape video, uh, or this video dedicated (laughs) to him? And he mentions that, yeah, it's kind of weird that I'm here. You know, I'll give credit where credit is due. The Undertaker is truly one of the greatest superstars ever in the World Wrestling Federation. I mean, I should know. I'm the one who originally brought him in the first place. Well, we put together a collection of some of the Dark One's greatest matches ever, including our first match, The Undertaker taking on my man, The Undertaker. I know it's confusing. I'm still confused. Well, anyway, let's take a look. (laughs) And he looks like he wants to be anywhere else in the world as well. He's barely on here. He must have recorded. He'd spent 10 minutes recording this in one take, I'm sure. And I just don't know, like... Someone, everybody else had to be in the bathroom or something when they were recording this. <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon, yeah. Todd Pengill, Stan Lane, Vincent Mann, Jim Ross. You couldn't get any of these other announcers that would have made so much more sense. I, it's oh, just Vince hosted so it. So odd. Oh, it'd been incredible. Yeah. Vince hosting would be awesome. So. Sean Mooney. Yeah. I know he wasn't there, but yeah. he, what else was Sean Mooney doing? I mean, right, <laughs> right. Come on. Oh, he lives. He lives in the vault, apparently, according exactly. to the Raw Twenty Five episode. That's true. Yeah, he was. He just lives there. But um, there's no dates or anything for these matches, which is kind of strange. It doesn't give you a date. It doesn't give yeah. you any context. I mean, you know the context based on it's all taking place around – most of them is taking place around Survivor Series between like September and November of that year. Um, I actually did some research and I have the dates, but there's no dates given for any of it, not even the bottom corner or anything, whereas you know, nowadays you'll see something like that on a video. It'll show you the date at the bottom or on a DVD rather. Um, so yeah, Um First matchup is uh, Undertaker versus The Under Faker at SummerSlam 94, which we've already covered. Um, yeah, yeah, you can jump into our archives for the SummerSlam 94 episode to hear our thoughts on that one. Uh, it's not a match I particularly want to watch again ever in my life after oh. covering it for this <laughs> podcast. Uh, and not the barn burner that's going to get really get you excited to watch more Undertaker matches, but, you know, right. as far as importance and, <clears throat> and uh, um, uh, I guess, I want to say memorableness, but that's not really a word, but, uh, <laughs> um, 
what am I looking for here? What am I trying to say? Just yeah, something I know that sticks out in your mind. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's there on the tape. If you haven't seen it before, you can watch it. Uh, but we're going to skip that one. We've talked plenty about that one before. Yep. Yeah, for those of you who haven't seen it, the Undertaker, the real Undertaker wins. He dumps the afterward. He dumps the Underfaker in the double wide, double deep casket, and they roll him away. So, and then from there, we immediately go to the next headstone that shows us we got Undertaker versus Quang. Again, there's no transition. I thought maybe it would go back to Million Dollar Man or show us like a date or something. Nope, just boom, next match. <laughs> Here you go. And uh, this is from a Raw taping that actually aired on it. This match aired on September 12th, 94. I think the taping was a few weeks before. That's back when they used to tape, you know, three or four weeks in a row. So, but this this match actually aired on, on Monday Night Raw on September 12th, 94. So. Yeah, I was very confused watching this before I, I looked it up because it is um, it is from Monday Night Raw. And uh, we, we didn't really cover it uh, going through mm-hmm. uh, that period when we did. But uh, Vincent Man and Macho Man are on commentary and... I was confused because Undertaker's gotten on his purple gear, purple gloves, mm-hmm. so it's supposed to be post-SummerSlam that we've just seen, right. but Paul Bearer has the tiny urn. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the big mega urn that we saw him debut at SummerSlam, so I couldn't quite figure it out, and uh, like you said, they actually taped it before SummerSlam and aired that makes it sense. after SummerSlam back in, in okay. September of 94. So it's weird that he returned at a Raw taping with the purple get-up that we would see him debut yeah. at SummerSlam. He actually wore it uh, at this Raw taping, and the fake Undertaker had wrestled earlier in that Raw taping against uh, Lex Luger. So kind of weird oh. that, that those fans got to see both sides of that both undertakers and i don't know how much of that was explained to them or if that even made sense to them at the time yeah <laughs> it's a little odd that they're taping stuff before that big reveal of the undertaker's right. return that's going to air a little bit later and uh obviously they hadn't had the uh, mega urn completed the uh, construction of it <laughs> yet because yeah. paul bearer didn't have it yet but wow. uh yeah, undertaker well, yeah i noticed against, that uh, his oh go ahead no, I say I noticed that his gloves are purple, and I was wondering. Yeah, that's when I went back and saw the taping cycle, and I was like, "Oh, that makes sense now." But yeah, it is strange. But um, Man, what, what are you, you gonna uh, say? What do you remember about Quang? What was you, when did you, when did you first hear about Quang? I know you weren't watching back then. Uh... <laughs> oh, I just remember. I remember we were talking the other day, uh, and we're talking about Quang. And I think that was, was it's Savio Vega under a mask, basically. Yes. A uh, much heavier Savio Vega. The uh, dude, he is big here. <laughs> Puerto Rican Savio Vega playing a Japanese ninja uh, and that grand old tradition of, hey, he's not white, so we'll just make him whatever (laughs) ethnicity we need to. Uh, Same as Yokozuna, a Samoan playing a Japanese person, or (laughs) Kofi Kingston being from Ghana and playing a Jamaican, you know, in that grand old wrestling tradition. Oh, well, yeah, and he's Quang, the martial arts expert, as Vince tells us on commentary, and he, remember, he's got that mysterious green spew. Like, spew? <laughs> you chose spew. the word spew. Green spew, not green mist. I guess that was, uh, who's that? Um, Great Muta has yeah. the green mist. So, yeah, Vince got the, he's got the green spew. It's spew. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's gonna spew. <laughs> exactly. He's gonna spew. So, well, it's a much heavier Sabu Vega, as I mentioned. And this match does have Vince and Macho Man on commentary. It's back oh, in the good yeah. old days. What a great oh. tandem that is. <laughs> yeah, man. It's so good. And it um, takes place, man. dude, this building, 
uh, it's in Lowell, Massachusetts, which I'm not mm-hmm. even sure is a real town. I've never heard of it before. Well, that's where Samoa Joe. Uh, that's where Samoa Joe and B. Finn Balor for the oh. NXT time. Yeah. It yeah, might have sure. been at this building. It looks like a building that NXT was. would run. Uh, it is pitiful for the My WWF, basement. man. <laughs> it looks awful. Yeah. yeah. It's so tiny. It's small. It is, man. It was neat, though. It's a neat crowd. Uh, because it's small. It's kind of intimate. It does feel like an NXT yes. show at this point. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's Savio Vega. Luckily, he gets a new gimmick and becomes Savio Vega and does some better stuff. I guess. But, I've never been a huge fan of his. I've never really enjoyed watching much of his stuff. But I know a lot of the wrestlers say a lot of good stuff about him. Steve Austin always heaps praise yeah. upon him. But I never got it. I never saw it with yeah. him. Especially well, it's definitely Quang. better than Quang yes. with the green spew. So, <laughs> um, you know, and he got to be on Undertaker's Survivor Series team in a couple a year, a year from now. So, yeah, because they're boys. So we're not gonna really break this match down. There's just, I mean, it's uh, not much uh, to be said here. Savio Vega gets some, gets a little bit of a of a offense here, but you right. got your signature Taker spots. You got the body slam, an apron stunner, um, the the old you school, the old school, and the perfect yeah. ten clothesline landing on the yeah. outside, and we're, I mean, oh. oh, go ahead. You know who Quang has out there with him? As is, did you notice oh, who his manager was? Good old Harvey Whippleman. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, a continuation of this feud that uh, Undertaker had had yeah. with Kamala, the Ugandan giant. I guess now um, Harvey's just gone to a different continent. Different country, yeah. <laughs> Japanese martial arts expert with the green spew. Green so. spew, and, and speaking of the green spew, man, we're yeah. just here, we're here for the finish. Everything's worth yeah. it for this finish. Uh, arguably, oh, yeah. maybe the greatest finish in the Undertaker's career, man. I'm just gonna throw that out there. It's my yeah. favorite thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like it's it's like an alternate finisher from a Mortal Kombat game or something. Go yes. right ahead, Nick. Please walk the people through this. Well, it's fantastic. The spew comes into play as. Um, uh, Quang unleashes the spew and spits it into the Undertaker's face uh, to try yeah. to escape from him. But uh, Whip- Whippleman's distracting the referee this time, so right. the spew is going to be able to be spewed. Uh, the Undertaker's hair is all down in his face, and he sells it for a minute, and then whips his hair back from uh, from his face, and allegedly has <laughs> caught the spew in his mouth. And then spews it back onto Quang's face. The same spew to blind him, hit the tombstone, and get the pin. Uh, oh, man. You know what this reminded me of? Chokeslam. Huh? Yeah, what? Do you remember the mask? The Jim Carrey yes. movie? where Absolutely. At First DVD point... I ever got came on DVD oh, player. Perfect. <laughs> uh, that and Wedding Singer. It's when the bad guy has the mask on towards the end, yes. and the guy's shooting him up with bullets. And oh, he, man. like, sucks the bullets in, to, in through his lungs into his mouth, and his mouth becomes a rifle, <laughs> and he starts shooting the bullets out of his mouth like that. That is a perfect analogy. It's the same time period, man. It could have been. It is. It could have ripped that off. It could have been what they were thinking for this finish. I wonder which came first, man. I wonder which came first. Yeah, but it really, man, it's like one of those alternate, you know, like Mortal Kombat has, like, the real fatalities. Mortal Kombat 2, I think they had. They may have just had fatalities, but then Omar Kombat 3 things got weird. You had babalities and animalities and stuff mm-hmm. like that. This felt like one of those like silly ones, like the little whoop-dee oh, guy what? comes out of the corner yeah. of the screen. Yeah, this felt like that. Like Undertaker absorbs the green mist, spew, excuse me, <laughs> and then, I mean, he's got someone else's spit in his mouth, and then he's going to spew it back in the guy's face, 
choke slam him and get the one, two, three. It was so strange. But yeah, that's worth the price of admission here. Yep. To watch this match. It's fantastic. We yeah. <laughs> I, I wish that, that match was last. Was last. We could end on a high note. Oh, me too. But um, anyway, yeah. So then after that, again, we go back to Ted DiBiase. He tells us which match is next. That's all he says. He's like, uh, "Here's the Undertaker versus Yokozuna casket match from Survivor Series 1994," and then he goes to the match. <laughs> yes, like all, it actually, all right. It sounds like something I edited out. Like there's like a real a brief pause where nothing is said. Like there's action on the screen and and nothing is yeah. said. I don't know. What it was, but uh, I don't have any inside information, but that was kind of weird. So, yeah. Yeah. Undertaker versus Yokozuna. We also covered that back in the archives. Survivor Series 94 with special troubleshooting referee Chuck Norris. Uh, had a lot Thank of fun you, Chuck covering yeah. that one as well. You know, man, it's just, uh, you know, we don't need to cover it again. We covered it a lot, but it's just funny going back into 1997 now. And this is the first time we've kind of gone backwards and looked at some of this other stuff. And, the Undertaker has come a long way, man. He, yeah. he really has changed as a wrestler. He's uh, had the chains taken off of him, if you will, and is uh, not just doing this zombie monster character and is showing off that he is one of the most skilled performers uh, and mm-hmm. like in-ring performers, not just as a character as well. And uh, you didn't see that as much. You know, we saw the performance aspects when he's taken on the Undertaker, fake Undertaker, and he's taken on Yokozuna and. He's doing a great job as a character and, and telling a story, but you're not seeing that in-ring skill that we've been able to see right. these past few episodes that we've done. So kind of cool to look yeah. back on that. It is. It's been a nice little pause for us because I think we we can get bogged down and take for granted kind of what the action that we're witnessing now in 97. But again, um, I've recently been listening to some shoot interviews. Um, I listened to some on YouTube. One, it actually was Undertaker. It had to be an interview from like 2002 or something because they were talking about the initial brand split. But um, the guy asked him, uh, what, when something like, what's your favorite opponent? And he said, or my favorite match was Hell in a Cell with Sean. But, again, this was at the time in 2002. But he said, one of my favorite matches was 96 um, Royal Rumble with Brett because mm-hmm. I actually got to wrestle. I got to, sh- I got to move out of the zombie mode and show people I could actually wrestle, which is what I wanted to do. I did that character. I did it well, I think. But I finally was able to wrestle, which, again, we've noted and we've noticed the last – 10 episodes of this podcast is that he's actually been able to wrestle now and show that but yeah digging in this video this uh vhs dvd whatever you want to call it it's been fun to go back and be reminded of the zombie taker that we're we're so used to um really neat stuff uh the next match is not so neat unfortunately (laughs) it is the uh the undertaker versus jim the anvil neidhart from uh episode of wwf superstars uh not currently available on the wwe network but uh you can find it elsewhere uh, if you want to see it. So it's cool to explore something besides Monday Night Raw and the yeah. pay-per-views here. Uh, getting to see a match from Superstars with Vincent Mann and Jerry Lawler on commentary. Uh, you know, my main takeaway from this is that the Anvil is not good at this point, <laughs> man. Like, as a singles wrestler, you know, I mean, Hart Foundation, legendary tag team, no doubt about it. He played a great yeah. role in there, but in 1994... As a singles wrestler, it wasn't pretty, man. Seeing uh, seeing the anvil in the ring. Yeah, it's it's something. <laughs> I don't know. There's not too much to say. I, I, honestly, I was more entertained by Owen on the outside. Oh, he is great. Owen Hart. He is. Uh, and this, yeah, and this match is from. Uh, it aired on November 19th. I don't remember if you said that or not. November 1994 is when it aired. I'm not sure when it was filmed. Probably sometime in October. But um, 
anyway, yeah. So, yeah, Brett. Oh, one thing, Paul Bear at this point in his career is still loving his own reflection in the yes. urn. So I sit there are close ups, almost all these matches of him, you know, rubbing his nose against the urn, looking at himself, and ooh, yeah, it's so good. So to be reminded of that, because again. In the current timeline, we're in 97. They're not together anymore, so yeah. we don't get to see that. So no, it has been that. fun to revisit that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, Owen's on the outside. He's looking at the camera, and, you know, as Nightheart's getting beat up, he's going, he's only human. He's only human. And looking right <laughs> at the camera and telling, you know, Undertaker, please win the stop because he's only human. So He's having know, a blast. Neat. He is having fun. It's cool to Paul see. Paul Bear leaves ringside. Runs runs away basically, and the commentary is like, "Where's he going?" And he comes back out with um the double wide, double deep casket, and uh, opens. Like, I guess this takes place right before Survivor yeah, Series. Yeah, they're building up Survivor Series, the casket match with Yokozuna. So yeah, which they should have played these in the opposite order exactly. on the tape. Yes. I'm not sure they did that. So I was very confused. Watch. That's why I had to go do my my due diligence and research it and see what the timeline was. It was backwards not so. a lot of time and effort and thought was put into this uh no <laughs> i would say that um so yeah the finish of this one uh, yeah the casket gets brought out and uh it's real real crappy finish but anvil rolls ends up being rolled into the casket and takes like 30 seconds to realize he's in the casket and starts yeah. freaking out about it uh, hops out of the casket and runs away to get counted out. So the yeah. Undertaker can't even get a clean win over Jim <laughs> Neidhart here. Come on. Yeah. Seriously. won't do the J-O-B for Seriously. him, huh? So, yeah, it's about six minutes long, um, about four minutes too long. So th- that's the finish. There's no reason to drag it out. But, yeah, Anvil, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest <laughs> matchup. But, again, I guess it's on Superstars, this build in that casket match. It's showing that the guys are scared of it because you know, is terrified of it. So, anyway, I don't know. I'm trying to find something, some silver lining here. You don't so. have to. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. It is well, now, what it is. The next match is – The main is, event. Aside from the finish to the Quang match, this is my favorite actual match on the, the, the videotape. I do think this is worth seeking out and finding. Uh, this is Undertaker versus um, Jerry Lawler. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler, um, and this is actually a Coliseum video exclusive. It has that <clears throat> has a banner hanging up. I don't know if it's a legit banner or if they like superimposed. You know, I don't know. No, but anyway, yeah. It's the, so it has Coliseum video exclusive. This is from Wrestling Challenge taping on uh, September twenty eighth, ninety four. So again, out of order. They should have put this, but I guess they wanted the, the tape to end on a high note. So oh, it does. This is the best in ring performance uh, <laughs> here. Uh, go go ahead, t- say something, and, and I'll, I'll I'll interject here. I so. mean, what a cool anomaly this is—a a hidden gem, <laughs> yeah. if you will. Uh, Undertaker versus Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, pretty neat to be able to see that. You know, I know you and I are both huge marks for for the King. Uh, I yeah. love seeing him wrestle. I appreciate <clears throat> him more and more the older I get. And uh, you know, he was incredible Absolutely. on commentary and a, an incredible performer in the ring. Uh, and he pulls out all the Jerry Lawler tricks here. It is your, yeah. This is your classic uh, heel Jerry Lawler match. Uh, but uh, it starts off, <laughs> and, and it is a casket match. Um, Stan Lane and Gorilla Monsoon are on commentary, which is quite the interesting commentary team here. Stan Lane and Gorilla Monsoon. Stan Lane. I haven't Thank talked you. about I was him like, much. I couldn't remember his last name. Yeah, He man. said Stan, and I was like, God, who is that? Stan? Midnight Express. I couldn't remember Stan Lane. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you now. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I had a brain fart there. I couldn't remember who it was. 
My yeah. uh, s- second favorite spot from this whole tape is Paul Bearer. He's got the big mega urn here, and <laughs> Lawler rolls to the outside early in the match, and Paul Bearer pops the lid off the urn and just shines the flashlight in there to blind the uh, uh, to blind the king. Um, yeah, <laughs> he says. Uh, I think Gorilla says that spotlight's like a sun lamp. It's gonna burn his eyes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's so good, man. That's it was awesome seeing them use that, you know, as a dirty tactic from from Paul Bear. So <laughs> it was great. fun. That was good. But yeah, this I don't know. If, does Jerry Lawler? He hardly takes any bumps in this, but he works the crowd. You just talked about He's Jerry Lawler's crowd. entire career. Yeah. Oh yeah. He <laughs> only takes like fourteen bumps in his whole like sixty year career. Um, he is just incredible at working the crowd, and you it just goes to show. Um, even as a heel, you don't if you're over. As a heel, you don't have to bump, and I mean you can bump and feed for like the comeback at the end of the match or whatever. But he didn't have to do that; he just has all these little nuances down and stuff, and it's it's so awesome. So, uh, yeah, Paul Bear blinds him with the light, and Lawler's crawling across the ring like a puppy dog, you know, on all fours. But he's just so <laughs> animated, and he gets you to hate him, and he pulls something from his pants. And uh, I just wrote, he's working the crowd so so well. Um, and he hits the Undertaker with that object, whatever it is. We don't know. Do we ever really find out? It's, it's nothing. It's, he doesn't have anything in his hands. He's just he's pantomiming, yeah. and that's the brilliant part of it. Like ninety percent of the time, when Jerry Lawler does that spot, he's not he doesn't have anything in his hand. <laughs> yeah. He's just sticking his hand down his pants and acting like he just got something in his fit. Like the announcers think it's a roll of quarters, uh, right? And he's pretending to hit. Uh, the Undertaker with it. It's just the most brilliant stuff that so is completely good. lost to today's uh, day and age of wrestling. And it's per- the crowd just eats it up. Yeah, they do. It's great. And um, Gorilla says that the Undertaker couldn't see the object because the hair is in his face. And I quote this, like one of them Newfoundlanders. What does that even mean? <laughs> He's like, his hair's in his face like one of them Newfoundland or Newfoundlanders. Yeah, oh, I thought that's what you caught too, man. Oh, uh, no. I don't even know. Were they in Newfoundland when they filmed this? I don't even know what that means. Is he anti, um, like Newfoundland? Is he anti Viking? You know, is he not a Viking apologist? I'm not sure, but at some point, Grill Monsoon has some heat with the Newfoundlanders, so he doesn't like Undertaker's hair. Um, yeah, not a fan of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Lawler actually takes over here and and knocks Undertaker down and gets him in the casket with the lid about two yeah. inches from being shut to win this match. <laughs> before yeah. uh, and he, you know, he turned his back on the Undertaker, uh, which he probably would have had time to get the lid shut if he hadn't done that. Yep. But yeah. um, but that that scene before the, or that that leading up to that spot is so cool because he's. He's trying to to get Taker down, and he's hitting him with the quote unquote object over and over again, and coming off the second rope, and Undertaker won't go down, and then he finally, finally falls over. It's just so it just goes to show that little nuance. Like the, both these guys, even though one's a seasoned forty year vet at this time, um, or whatever thirty year vet, and Undertaker's you know wrestling for six years or whatever five years, he still knows what's up. He knows how to do this right. spot, and you don't don't fall over immediately. Get the crowd to you know build it up so that when you finally do fall over, it looks I don't know it, it, it means more. So yeah, it's really cool. And then you know, like you said, yeah, turn your back on 
Undertaker. He probably could have won if he closed the lid, but he didn't. Of course, no one ever does. No. If, they, if people would just roll, roll Undertaker in and slam the lid, they'd win the matches, the casket matches. But they don't. Uh, and uh, Undertaker, uh, I don't know. Did he hit? He hit oh, Jay he, Lawler right in the tombstones. The is that what? Is that what the announcer said? Uh, he hits him in his, in his apple midsection. Is what they say. Oh, okay. <laughs> they pull, yeah, he hits midsection. Undertaker with the object, and commentary is ripping on Jerry Lawler's apple midsection. They just keep talking about his, his ample. Yeah, his ample midsection. I thought he said apple. No, I thought he no, said no. apple. Talking about how? That's oh no, man. Uh, no, they're talking about how out of shape he is. Yeah, ample, uh, like wide. There's a lot of it there. No, no, no. I think you said apple. No. I'll stand by it. <laughs> apple. It looks like an apple. So, anyway, agree to disagree. <laughs> so, okay. That's a shirt. At this point. <laughs> apple, apple midsection. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Uh, Iron Tiger gets in control, and then King hits a low blow, which doesn't matter because it's no DQ. Oh, so. that's where one of them said he hit him right in the tombstones. That's where one of the yeah, that's, said yeah, that. that's it. Uh, yeah. But the uh, Gorilla Monsoon had my line of the DVD uh, when he said that um, as, <laughs> I think as as Lawler's trying to roll uh, Undertaker in the tombstone, he like Paul Bearer's on the outside, like crying, saying no, no, and. <laughs> what did Paul Bear ever do to him? Being savage to Paul Bear. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, calling out people's apple midsections and calling <laughs> out they need some sustenance. Gorilla's on fire tonight. He says so. at one point too, Paul Bear's looking in the urn and he says the urn's making him look fatter than he already is. <laughs> Just like <laughs> no beating around the bush, man. Paul Bear's a face at this point, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. not sure what the heck. But um, oh man. So good. It's good stuff, man. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Uh, oh, no. I lost my place here. Well. Anyway, I think at this point, um, the match is almost over here. We got uh, Tombstone City. Again, we mentioned earlier on in the, the archives of this podcast that uh, Brock Lesnar owes Gorilla Monsoon some, some marketing money for uh, or some residuals from Suplex City because he coins Tombstone City. and I Undertaker that's a basically- shirt, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just a city, like a skyline with a bunch of tombstones. That'd be no, great. just make it just like Brock Lesnar's shirt. Except <laughs> oh, it says yeah, Tombstone City on there. Any you want to uh, make us a t-shirt, we'll happily accept that. Um, and But so, yeah, Tombstone City hits Tombstone and then he rolls all over in the box and slams the lid. It's about eight minutes long. So and then I, after this, Gorilla Monsoon says, they, you know what they should do? They should set the casket on fire. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what? what is he even drinking tonight? Oh, he yeah. New- <laughs> He hates Newfoundlanders. He hates your apple bottoms. He hates uh, whatever else it was. And then he wants you to light the casket on fire. So. Gorilla was three sheets to the wind, and they pulled him in and said, dude, we got we, we to gotta have somebody record commentary this calls the video exclusive. So yeah. they, they rolled him in there, man, and he was letting loose. Dude, I, I love that, man. Yeah, that's great. Oh, and I do want to correct something that you and I, um, an episode that we recorded, I guess it was the uh, – Oh man, was it the um, Royal Rumble or no? Maybe Fatal Four Way, 
uh, or no, Final Four. I can't remember, but we, we mentioned how Undertaker di- dimmed the lights by lowering his hands. Uh, we thought for the first time backstage. He actually does it here on this Coliseum exclusive match. He's in the middle of the ring. He th- he lowers his hands and the lights go out. So oh, apparently, okay. we were yeah, we were three years we were three years uh, off. We missed it. But again, because it's a Coliseum exclusive, we weren't covering it on our pay per views. So that's anyway. Right. And then uh, Ted DiBiase wraps things up, and we get a uh, tombstone, a rest in peace, RIP graphic to end up, close the video out, which was a cute way to end it, I suppose. Um, again, I, I yeah. missed, I should. I, I looked back at my notes, I forgot to say, Ted DiBiase coined a new nickname for The Undertaker here uh, at, the beginning of, at the beginning of the tape. Oh. Uh, he called The Undertaker The Dark One. Which The Dark One. The Dark One. I haven't heard <laughs> that one before. Well, the Dead Man. That's true. And now we have the dark one. Well, that explains a lot about Once Upon a Time, the TV show, because I don't know if you've ever seen that, but I used to watch Never the first was. several episodes. That's like the main villain in the whole thing. The whole mythology is okay. the dark one. So apparently Undertaker will pop up in the finale coming up, I guess. We'll Man. be on the lookout, ladies and gentlemen. The dark one could be Are you be sure you want the world to know that? You know that much about Once Upon a Time? Oh, I don't watch it anymore. I okay. gave up on it. It's too ridiculous. So I did. I did watch it. Uh, it was stupid though. Eventually, so <laughs> gave up. If Undertaker goes back as a dark one, I'll watch it. Oh, I'll uh, yeah, sure. But this DVD was is under an hour long. It's a really fun trip down nostalgia lane. Uh, it's a neat reminder of how far Undertaker's come, uh, especially in the last three years. Again, as we're up to ninety seven. So yeah, fun stuff. Fun yeah, stuff. if you've got nothing better to do, and if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, you probably don't have anything better to do. Uh, go ahead and check it out. We'll, we'll, we've got the links on our uh, all our social media, which is, of course, at TalkingTaker on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We love to connect with you on all of those platforms. So go check us out, and uh, you, know, you can listen and subscribe on all the different podcast avenues. Uh, we'd love to connect with you there and let us know what you think. And, of course, come back next week. We are going to be covering WrestleMania the 13th. Uh, Undertaker versus <laughs> Sid for the WWF Championship. The Undertaker was first ever WrestleMania main event. How perfect is that? We're going to be covering yeah, that awesome. the same weekend as WrestleMania 34. We hope you will be here for that. Download that. Watch the match. Watch the buildup. We're going to cover it all. We are excited to talk about it here. Next week's episode of Talking Taker. Absolutely. If you were at any of these matches that were on this DVD, especially the Jerry Lawler match, I would like to know because that match was really, really fun to watch. Um, if you were at any of these, please let us know, ladies and gentlemen. Please, again, tell your friends, download, uh, subscribe to our podcast. We really had, a, um, uh, I guess, a high, high amount of traffic on our podcast, a lot of downloads coming. So we appreciate you guys spreading the word. Uh, really means a lot to us. Thanks again to our local and international fans. We, we love it all. And uh, with that being said, take her easy. Top on his head in midair. Drops a big boot to the midsection, the ample midsection of Jerry the King Lawler. Boy, he didn't miss too many minutes. He didn't. Burger King uh, on the way for Jerry Lawler.